0: On you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to part three of this very special edition of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum with Jackie Peterson.
1: So if you had, you really need, two, you need three quarters of the states to agree to any changes, is that not correct? correct? Okay. Which is 38 states. Which is 38 states. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the criticisms uh, that I've heard of an Article 5 Constitutional Convention is that it's a risky venture. What could happen?
2: I don't think—I hear that argument all the time. I mean, there are people that say the original Constitutional Convention was a runaway convention. And I, I don't see where that's going to be possible. 38 states are not going to ratify some crazy amendment, either on the left or on the right. It's not possible. And, to be honest with you, if you look at the spread of the of the legislatures of the nation, a good portion of those are conservatively controlled.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, there is, a, there is an enormous divide in this country, and that divide really is a geographic divide. The, the municipalities versus the rural areas. They yes, out sure. they outnumber us, they uh, and that's where the problem comes because the values in the rural areas are really cl- much much closer to the wa- to the values of the original founders of this country, the signers of the of the Constitution, and the ones who wrote the Constitution. Uh, and so you have a system kind of set up in my mind in which it is possible for states to pack an Article Five convention with people from the municipalities, which would really skew it in the wrong direction. Do, do you not feel that is a potential risk?
2: I see where that we would need to remain diligent in that matter, because I will tell you that the, the people that are involved in the Convention of States are all those people that you're talking about, the rural people. We have very few people, at least in the state of Georgia, that are in there. We have not one volunteer in the city of Atlanta, not one. And every single volunteer that we have in the state is all from the rural areas of, of the state. And we need to be diligent, diligent and see to it that that does not happen.
0: Well, of
1: course, one of the problems with state legislatures is since part of the legislature is population-based, then mm-hmm. uh, you do have at least one house in most states in which the municipalities control what happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, And I know that may not be the case in Georgia and this year and last year. Of course, in North Carolina, that was not the case uh, because we had a majority of of conservative people in both the Senate and the House uh, Mm -hmm. of the state of North Carolina. But you'd always have the potential for that divide, that that rural town and gown or or rural and municipal divide. Mm-hmm. Creating, throwing a monkey wrench into how the representatives would be chosen. Uh, I personally think that to, for the convention of states projects to to be really viable, you you should come up with a plan to help protect us. Uh, I think I'd feel safer if you did. Okay. What about this concept of a runaway convention? I mean, that's the other. That is one of the the problems and the risks of an Article V Constitutional Convention that is constantly being voiced, Uh, do you think it's a real risk?
2: I do not. And I need to to reiterate the fact that this is not a con-con. This is an amending convention.
1: Okay. Only
2: an amending convention. And we are limiting the scope of the call to... The fiscal restraints, the limit of power and jurisdiction, and the terms of office. So, um, for it to get out of control, it would take 38 states in this nation for it to become a runaway convention, if that's even possible.
0: And anytime
2: you look at a map, like say an election map, you have your red states and your blue states and your purple states. The you know the conservative states by far outnumber the the liberal states. So. Right now, if we can get this done pretty quickly in the next couple of years, then I don't see where we're going to have a problem. And to be honest with you, I'm going to—and this may be irresponsible of me—but I'm going to say, no risk, no reward. All of us who complain, this is something we can do, and this is something we can get behind and actually have happen. So um, I just—I'm behind it one hundred and. Two hundred, three
1: hundred percent. You've raised an interesting point here, and that is that this is not, although you're calling a constitutional convention under Article 5, what you're saying, it is not, it is a convention of states. Well, you're asking, what you're doing is the states are going to get together and say, under Article 5, we want you to call a constitution, a, a convention for amending the Constitution.
2: There you go. You
1: got it. And that's really, that is the difference between just a wide-open constitutional convention and what you're proposing. You are Absolutely. saying the charter of this convention will be to amend the Constitution as it as it stands, not throw it out. Correct. Correct.
2: Correct. And um, it, it's very clear, and there is precedent with regard to other conventions not now not national conventions but state conventions and things like that that i can get to you that will clearly state that this is not a con that this is not a con this is not a constitutional convention it is an article 5 amending convention
1: and so you feel that by limiting limiting it in that way that mm-hmm. you feel that it will be safe from those who would want to Take over the convention, throw out the Constitution, and give us some kind of a living Constitution with positive rights instead of negative rights and all that kind of garbage that the left is kind all constantly trying to trying to throw us uh, throw on our heads. Is that is that the point? I do
2: agree with you. I will say that, however, the second stopper is that thirty-eight states have to ratify anything that comes out of there. That comes out of there. So. You've got the amending convention with a limited call, and you have the ratification level of 38 states.
1: From a legal point of view, and I understand Mm -hmm. that you're not a lawyer, but if the convention or some people in the convention would try to embark upon a runaway convention, Mm -hmm. you are saying that the first line of defense would be that the commissioners themselves and the states themselves would say, wait a minute. We call this for a very specific purpose, and we are not going to allow you to um, to uh, get away from that purpose. Is that what you're saying? That's your first line of defense?
2: Yes, because when each state creates the delegate position and decides how they're going to be elected, we're recommending the part of that description and part of those rules that they must abide by is that, I mean, some states have even said they're going to put... If the delegates get out of control, they're going to put – they can be jailed and fined and recalled back. That's going to be right in the language of the delegates as far as – that's what we'd like to see.
1: Uh, And I think that is an important safeguard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the one thing that troubles me about things like this is that, first of all, we know that the progressive liberals, whatever you want to call them, they have an agenda. They have been yeah. very, very active in marketing that agenda. The press and the media is completely and totally biased. Uh, it is impossible to get any kind of a uh, story that is not completely one-sided and biased. I think there is a a huge amount of public apathy, a huge number of people who who really have no knowledge, no interest just really the the all of these things just are either passing them by way over their head way under their feet or somewhere you also have an enormous size of the recipient class uh which you, you discussed originally when you you said you know you work for a living and you're in the minority well we are i we mean are. that's a fact
2: mm-hmm. so you
1: have a large recipient class who stands only to lose from any kind of of constitutional amendment that would limit the power of the federal government. There's a lot of people who would lose income, money, uh, Mm -hmm. goodies, free stuff, whatever you want to call it, would lose. So you have a lot of of forces that are aligned against you, against any kind of amendment process that would take away the gains of the progressive socialist movement that they've achieved over the last hundred years. I I don't think that they're going to just sit by idly and let that happen.
2: Well, no, they're not. I mean, I can attest to being targeted by the IRS here personally. And I will tell you, though, that as an American, I love this country. I was raised to love this country. I was raised to love this country. My parents taught me and took me to every historical site that they could that had to do with our founding fathers. And I will scratch in the dirt before I will let them stop me. And they may very well target us again. And we thought long and hard before we decided to become part of this because we really do believe it's a solution. And there are many good Georgians standing with me in in this regard. Several of them spoke today in support of it. And it is heartwarming and it is amazing uh, to see and hear all of the Georgians and receive the letters from those that couldn't go to, a hearing to, to the hearing today, it is amazing. It, it's truly heartwarming, and it gives me hope, again, in the American people.
1: You know, the speech you just made is warming to me as well. I mean, I'm as patriotic as you are, and I have, I'm standing up to fight in every way that I can as well. Uh, and I think we need more of us to do that. Uh, and my hope is is that there is a possibility that we will succeed. So one of the things I could ask you is, you went to a hearing in the Georgia legislature today. Can you tell me what was the hearing and who was the hearing in front of? Uh, what did you say and what was the reception that you got?
2: Well, we were the, the Convention of States Project. Um, it's SR 736 our one page application was dropped on the Senate floor on the first day of the session by Senator Cecil Staten from Macon He uh, had there were 22 senators that signed on to the bill and it went before the rules committee today in the Senate and they voted on it today and it passed by a vote of 15 to 3 in favor of the convention of states project and our goal is Georgia was the Georgia was the fourth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution, and we want to be the first state to save
1: it. Well, that's really incredible. So, in other words, that is the bill. The bill that was introduced in the Senate today is the Senate version of the bill that would be the official request from the state of Georgia to institute a convention for the amendment of the Constitution. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And so, uh, again, uh, obviously a companion bill must be introduced into the uh, Georgia House. Is that correct? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that
1: is being done, I assume?
2: That is being done. That is being done right now. Um, so we expect to, we really do expect here in Georgia that we're going to have it passed by both houses of the Georgia legislature this session.
1: Is there a—and, of course, you have to have a government—the uh, governor has to sign this. No. No, the governor does not have to sign this? This
2: has nothing to do with the governor.
1: So the legislature—that's right, because Article 5 does say the legislatures, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it is. You, so you could actually have a state with a Democrat governor who would nevertheless be calling for a con, a, a, an amendment con, uh, convention. Uh if the legislature was uh, wanting to do that.
2: Exactly. It's beautiful.
1: That's incredible. That's a great concept. Uh, So you had a great reception. It moved forward, and uh, it will then go through a legislative process. Um, What kind of tools are you guys using in your legislature to help get this passed?
2: Well, if you want me to be honest with you, we use... We just we go, and there are 44 district captains now, approximately. Some haven't fully committed yet, but um, we personally go and speak with our our senators and with our House representatives. We send them emails. We um, go speak. As of today, there were about 147 people there with me today at that hearing, and it was um, very gratifying and humbling. And uh, six of our district captains spoke before the committee, including a young lady who's 15 from uh, Macon, Georgia, who did a a fantastic job of speaking, and uh, we were overwhelmed. But that's generally what we're doing is going and having one-on-one conversations with as many representatives and senators as we can get in front of. And I'll tell you, when uh, we feel like this, this country was formed with God's providence, and God's providence will save it. And when you talk to these gentlemen and ladies about your family and how you feel and what's going on in the country, it is amazing, because they will look you in the eye and they know that that's the truth, and they understand that that's the truth, and then you give them the tool that they can use to, to perhaps change it, then they're grabbing onto it. It's wonderful, and it's very gratifying and humbling, I have to tell you.
1: Well, Ms. Peterson, this has been a very interesting discussion for me. Um... I think that we need to take every opportunity that we can to learn any way that we, that it, we may be able to save our constitutional republic. The, the thought that we would lose that is really terrifying to me. Uh, our country was founded as a result of overthrowing a tyranny and a monarchy, and I think we've come for a full circle. We are we, we are being ruled by a monarch. Uh, in Washington D.C., was every bit as bad as King George? Uh, the amassing of power in the executive branch uh, is 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 a tyranny. There's no question about it. You've been target targeted by I, the IRS. Uh, other mm-hmm. conservative groups have been targeted by the IRS. We have the NSA spying on us. Uh, we have all kinds of things. We have, and the worst of all to me is is the regulations that have been pouring out of. Washington, D.C., nameless, faceless bureaucrats who are untouchable are making laws and rules that we pay for. We pay for in lost productivity. We pay for in fines. And some of these regulations can even result in our imprisonment. Uh, None of these things are legal. None of these things are constitutional. Our Congress sits by and does absolutely nothing. They're a bunch of spineless They're just a waste of space, most of them. Uh, They have no spine. They're not standing up to do their job. And so I agree with you that something has to be done, and the only way it can be done is at the state level, the community level, by individual patriots who are willing to stand up and say, no way. It's over, you guys. We are taking back our nation.
2: Yes, and it cannot be done from D.C. It has to be on the state level.
1: I think that's, uh, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, I really appreciate your coming on Freedom Forum Radio and discussing the Convention of States projects. You know, there is so much uh, misconception about Article 5, Con- Constitutional Convention, about the Convention of States projects. Uh, we've touched on some of those uh, misconceptions, and you've helped uh, allay some of my fears, I have to be honest with you. Uh, Thank
2: you, Dr. Dan. Thank you for having me.
1: And I really, I have to say, I still have some fears. I've seen what the media, how the media can mold public opinion to the point where uh, rational thought is not part of the process. But nevertheless, uh, you know, I asked, I asked uh, Tom Woods, Tom Woods, who wrote the book called Nullification.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I asked him, uh, I asked him what he thought on an interview uh, whether he thought a constitutional convention was a risky idea and his response was well it may be risky but what do we have now is that even, hey, even, even is that even i will more agree risky? with that and i do agree with that yep. and so i want to thank you very much for coming on you've been really an excellent uh, guest and you've explained very well your position and i hope that my listeners will listen to this and take it to heart uh, on Freedom Forum Radio, we are going to continue to discuss uh, various options open to us. We will discuss people who oppose a, a convention for amendments. Uh, we've been discussing nullification uh, at the state level and extensively over the last several months. But right now, we're at such a critical point in our nation's history that something must be done or everything will be lost. So, Ms. Peterson of the Convention of States Project. Thank you so very, very much for being on Freedom Forum Radio.
2: Thank you to you and your listeners, Dr. Dan. God bless America.
0: God bless America. Thank you, sir. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government. Is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom? Yeah, when I play the Hoochie Man,
1: I get joy in everything.
2: Everything, everything, everything
0: gonna be all right this morning. <laughs>